But Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? And then the Lord said to him, what's in your hand? And Moses said, a shepherd's staff. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Let me just stop here for a moment, because last week I talked about we're standing on holy ground. I talked about the ground that Moses was standing on. He had no idea the significance of that ground. Later it would become the same ground that God would give the Ten Commandments on. He was standing right there at Mount Sinai. He didn't even know it. He didn't know the specialness of that place. And and, and the ground that he had been raising his sheep on uh, was going to become very special. And so sometimes we don't know the ground on which we're standing. And, 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 And he asked Moses, what's in your hand? And he said, a shepherd's staff. And I just want to stop for a moment and say, sometimes we don't know what's in our hands. Moses just thinks it's a shepherd's staff for tending sheep and for doing all the things that he'd been doing with it, but he didn't understand the significance of what's in our hand. I want that question to burn into your ears and into your hearts this morning. God would not just say to Moses, but he would say to each and every one of you, what's in your hand? Turn to your neighbor and say, what's in your hand? Turn to the other neighbor and say, what's in your wallet? No, I'm just kidding. All right. You know that commercial. What's in your wallet? No, what's in, what's in your hand? You see, somebody, somebody in this world is going to make a difference. If we're not careful, we'll we'll be like Moses was up to this point, and we're going to settle. We we have, you know, for those of you who don't know, I sell vacations over in over in uh, Pigeon Forge, and we have a preacher's wife who's one of our managers, and she gives these real raucous sales uh, motivational speeches sometimes in the morning, and she'll often say, someone's going to make a sale today, and we always shout back, it might as well be me. And I want to say to each and every one of you today, someone's going to make a difference in this world. No, I don't believe you. Someone's going to make a difference in this world. That's right. If someone's going to make a difference in this world, it might as well be me because if it's not you, God will choose someone else. There's the story of Esther. And remember when Esther is being challenged to save her people. And and she's saying, you know, this, this could get me killed. And, and it's her uncle Mordecai who says, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and, re- and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. In other words, every one of us is going to die, but you're going to die and no one's going to remember you. But you know what? We have a book in our Bible named Esther. And you know why we remember Esther? Because she took up the gauntlet and she took the stand and she made a difference. And he said to Esther, somebody's going to make a difference in this world. And Esther said, it might as well be me. So it might as well be me. You don't know who you're sitting next to today. 
You have no idea the potential of the person that is sitting next to you. You have no idea, some of you, the potential of the person that's sitting in the seat in which you're sitting. You have no idea what God wants to, what he could do. If you could just become, if you could just see what God sees in you. And so, and so, he turned it into a snake. Wouldn't that be something? Drop it down. Can you imagine, Moses, it turns into a snake? I think I'd have ran right there. And I, that's where the story, I'd have, how many of you with me just hate snakes? I hate snakes. I, I know I'm a big guy. I know I'm a man. I know I shouldn't be afraid of snakes. I don't like snakes. I don't like snakes. And uh, so it becomes a snake. Uh, but then that's not the end of the story. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform the sign, the Lord told him. Then they will believe the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob really has appeared to you. He's showing him that there's something special that's in his hand. He has no idea what he has. He's been using it to watch sheep for 40 years. But you have no idea What's in your hand? The first key, if you're taking notes today in your worship guide, the first key to moving out of the natural and into the supernatural is to discover what is already in your hand. You see, I think that there's a lot of us, there's a lot of us that think that if God would ever do something with us, He would have to completely change our personalities. We'd have to be nothing. It would be like Clark Kent that goes into a phone booth and we'd have to come out like Superman because there's nothing that's in, that, that, that's in us that, 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 that has potential. But I wonder if what you're already doing, what already your talents and your gifts are, that you've been using them just in the natural ways, what if, what if God wanted to use those things to do something extraordinary? And so, and so yesterday I went and got Moses a staff. Don't you like that staff? I thought this shepherd's staff was worthy of Moses because it's cool. It's, it's unique. Moses, I mean, he deserves a good staff. I mean, he lived in Pharaoh's house. He doesn't need some ordinary Stick, he needs, he needs a Rolls Royce staff. So this is Moses' staff. But can I just tell you, no matter how cool it looks, no matter how intricately it's carved, it's still just a staff. It doesn't matter how creative you are with your talent, how good you are with what you are, whatever education that you have that is so cool, that makes you so good at what you do, at the end of the day, if God's not in it, it's just a staff. If you're ever going to become everything that God wants you to become and do what he wants you to do, He's going to ask you what it is that's already in your hand. And so Moses raised up this staff, this staff that had been used to get the sheep in line. This staff that had been used, and I'm not putting that down. He was doing good things with it. He was making a good living. He had a 401k. He had a good wife. He was working for his father-in-law, and this staff was doing good 
things. And I think that when we read the story of Moses, we tend to think of the 40 years that he spent as a shepherd, the 40 years that he spent watching sheep as a waste. And I want to tell you something kind of radical today. With God, I don't believe that anything is ever wasted. I don't think that those times that we spent away from the Lord, those times when we were in places and relationships we should not have been in, those times when we were not reaching up to our full uh, potential, I believe that none of it was a waste. You know, in fact, I think if if Moses is going to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt, it's probably good that he knew how to deal with sheep. Because there's a lot in common between leading people and leading sheep. Sometimes they get unruly. Sometimes you have to get them in line. You know, there, there, there was some connections between those 40 years which we look at as, Moses, you're wasting your time. Can I just tell you, even those times when you were away from the Lord, I really believe that God wants to use those. There's a song right now, uh, Elevation Worship sings it called, Nothing is Wasted. Nothing is wasted. Nothing in your life. God, God, God has a way. That the, the Bible says this. He will restore the years that the, that the locust has destroyed. That there's years in our lives when we look back. I, I, I've got those years in my life when I look back and say, what was I thinking? What was I doing? What was, what was going on in my life? And I want to say that God, when he looks at you, he doesn't look at things as everyone else does. He says, it's not wasted. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? And then he tells him to do something amazing. You know, last week we talked about a drop the sandals moment, like a drop the mic moment. Now it's a, now it's a drop what's in your hand moment. He says, drop what's in your hand, throw it down. The next point I want you to get is your natural abilities cannot become supernatural abilities until you let it go. Until you let it go. You see, because the problem with what's in our hands is sometimes we cannot loosen our grasp from what's in our hands. That, that, when, that, that it's our talent, it's our ability, it's our wisdom, it's my education, it's my good looks, obviously. Um, the other night, Tom and Daphne were out with us, and they left early so they could go home to be with a guinea pig. And she said, because it had a cute little bald spot on its head, and she missed it. And I said, hello? <laughs> hello? <laughs> Dear Lord. You have to come to a point when you realize that no matter how cool your staff is, it's reached the end of its limitations. The, you know, I, I could be Warren Buffett with my staff, 
But there's a limitation to what Warren Buffett can do with his staff. But when we let our staff go, whatever it is whatever our talent is, whatever it is that God's given us, whatever these gifts that are latent inside of us, when we let them go, suddenly, you know, and we think of the snake as a, as a negative thing in the Bible often. This, in this case, it's not. He drops it on the ground and it becomes a serpent. In fact, we're going to find later in this story that one time Moses would be with Pharaoh's magicians and they would make snakes out of their staffs. And then Moses would throw his staff down and it would become a snake. But Moses' snake ate their snakes. Rock, scissor, paper, we win. You know what I'm saying? That, 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 it, that it was a symbol, the snake here was a symbol of the miraculous. That you have no idea, Moses, what's in your staff. What you don't know, Moses, what you don't know, Moses. Hey, Mo. What you don't know. You don't know, Moses, that the staff that you've just been using to lead sheep, one day, you're going to lift that staff over the Red Sea. And it's going to part on one side and the other is going to go the other way, and there's going to be a road that's dry ground right in the middle. And as long as that staff is up, Moses, God's people are going to walk through on dry ground. You have no idea what's in your hand, Moses. Dalen, come here. Matthew, come here. Moses gets a little older. You know, I, I, I think you know, that happens at the Red Sea, and Moses is kind of younger and strong. He stands there the whole time. But when Moses is getting a little older, his arms aren't quite what they used to be. And there was the time when, when God's people were under attack by a, a, a group called the Amalekites. And, and he said, Moses, I'm not going to have you go fight this war. I'm going to send Joshua out to do it. But I want you, Moses, to go up the mountain. And I want you to, I want you to hold up that staff, and as long as you've got that staff held in the air, that, that the Israelites are going to win that war. But when your arms get tired, every time that Moses got tired, they start. so in case you just thought it was Joshua's amazing ability to fight wars, it wasn't. Because every time that Moses' arm got tired, Joshua would start losing the war. And so he brought two men up here, Aaron and her. Come on, Aaron and her. And her. H-U-R, not, not H-E-R. I'm, I'm messing with I'm giving you a hard time. Her. Her, you get it? Yes. Not him? All right, all right. Okay, so Aaron and her. Now hold up my arm. Hold, hold, that, hold that arm up because my arms are tired. And he got so tired that Aaron and her just held his arms up. And they held his arms up so long that, that, that God's people won that battle. And so this, this rod that had been just been used for, for, for watching sheep now became that which caused them to win wars. Thank you, Aaron and her. And her. Yeah. Darla. I mean, Dalen. Sorry. Another time, God's people were thirsty. 
And just so you think, just just so you think that this that this stick is not like a good, you know, what a water witch is, water witching, water witching, where you get those sticks out. And you... There's water right here. Have you ever seen that? You know, where they use those sticks and go. It wasn't like that. God says, just so you know, this is not like some human feat. This is just not some coincidence thing. Moses, I want you to put this staff on a rock. And when you put it on the rock, I'm going to bring water out of the rock so that my people who are thirsty can have something to drink. Can have something to drink. And so when he did it, water came out of the rock and God's people were able to drink. I want to say to somebody who's listening, what's in your hand this morning? You have no idea what it is that you're holding. You have no idea the kind of difference that God wants to make in your life. You have no idea what he wants to do in and through you if you'll only let go of it. Martin Luther said this in his great song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. He said, Did we in our own strength confide our striving would be losing? We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Thus ask who that may be. Christ Jesus it is He. Lord Sabaoth His name from age age the same and he will win the battle a mighty fortress is our God what Martin Luther was saying if we just relied on our own strength if we just relied on our own grasp on our own wisdom on our own speaking ability on our own talents and all of that our striving would be losing but what happens if we would let go of it and said God take my talent take my skills take my life Take my education so that the Apostle Paul would say one day, I count it all but loss for the excellency of knowing him. Everything that I've ever accomplished, all my education, all my speaking skills, all of those abilities, all of it means nothing compared to knowing Jesus. I lay it all down. And there's some people here this morning that God's challenging you. Just lay it down. Lay it all down. God wants to do great things in your life. But He can only do great things in our lives when we finally let go and let God. Could you say that with me? Let go and let God. Let go and let God. There's got to be a point when we, when we let it down. Let me just tell you, you know, my, 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 mine isn't quite as fast. I've, this is, I feel like my stick looks more like this, and it's so cute. You know, it's more crooked. I found this out in my yard this morning. But you know what? It may not look much to you, but when God gets a hold of it, you have no idea. My talents may not look like your talents. My abilities may not look like your ability. My education may not be your education. But when I lay it down, when I let God do something great with it, oh, listen, listen, ladies and gentlemen, God wants to do something great in your life. God loves you more than you ever knew. And he has a wonderful plan for your life. And if he doesn't use you, he's going to use someone else. But someone's going to make a difference. 
I said, someone's going to make a difference. Absolutely, it might as well be me. So lay it down, lay it down, lay it down, and let God do amazing things. And then he says to him, pick it up again. And when he picks it up again, it goes back from being that to just looking like an ordinary staff. I think this is an important little point here in the message. Because I think sometimes when we think that God uses us supernaturally, we suddenly look like a televangelist. I wanted to look like a televangelist, but I don't have the hair for it. And we get all enamored with ourselves. Praise the Lord, brother. I have a word for you. You know what I'm saying? We get weird with it. But when it picks it up, it is so unobtrusive. It is so, in fact, it is so much so that people have a hard time respecting Moses and Aaron because when they look at Moses and Aaron, all they see are sticks. All they see are sticks. And so at every point in the, in the challenge with, with, with bringing God's people out, they complain all along the way. They complain all along the way. And then one day God had enough. He had enough. And he said to Moses, Hey Mo, I want you to have all of the leaders of Israel give me their stick. Because everyone's got one. Everyone's got a staff. So they all brought their staffs. Simeon and Judah And he said, I want one of these staffs. I want one of these staffs to be the staff of Levi, the priesthood. And I want you to write the name Aaron. Aaron, that staff. And I want you to put them all up there by the ark of the Lord. And we're going to come back tomorrow. And we're going to see what's up. Because they won't shut up. Let me just tell you something. If if God anoints you and God will anoint you, if you if you'll if you'll lay your if you'll lay your gift and your talents down and your abilities down, God will anoint you, but you don't have to act like you're some kind of freak, okay? You just be you, you just be natural, you just be the same guy that you were before, and watch God just do some extraordinary things through ordinary you. Hmm. So they all brought their sticks, 12 of them, just like this. Put them over here by the ark. And then uh, the next day they brought them all out, and they brought out 11, and there was one left, and they brought out one more, and its head 
Aaron's name on it. And when it came out, overnight, overnight, Aaron's, Aaron's stick had not only leafed out, it had not only flowered, but it was producing almonds overnight. And God said, from now on, I just want you to leave Aaron's stick out front so the people will shut up and just know. Let me just tell you something. We need to realize that the person that's sitting next to you has some God-ordained stuff in them. And that we need to treat each other, not like we're superheroes or something, but with respect and with love and with affection. Because in every human being, God has put gifts and talents. And Susan's, Susan's shepherd staff looks different from mine. But if I could see what God sees in Susan's staff, I wouldn't just see a stick. I would see that it's bearing fruit. I would see that, that there's something when she leads children that happens that can't happen when I lead children. Because all of your teaching at your school and all of those times, sometimes you wonder what you're doing there, hasn't been wasted. Dale, and all the stuff that you've been through hasn't been wasted. God wants to take all that stuff. Romans says it this way, all things work together for good. The Lord, and to those who are called according to His purposes, and all of the, all of the junk that you've been through, Jenny, all the junk that you've been through that's not been wasted. It's not been wasted. God says, I want to I redeem it, Sarah. I want to take all of that junk. I want to take all of those. There was a song back in the day, Wasted days and wasted nights. I don't know where that came from, but wasted days. He wants wasted days. He wants to take all those wasted nights. He wants to take all of those times when, when I was lost. And I was like Moses. I said, you know what? I, I tried one time to serve the Lord, but the last time I did it, it almost got me killed. And I'm not sticking my neck out anymore. God says, why don't you just lay it down this morning? Why don't you just lay it down this morning? Lay it down, lay it down, lay it down. God's speaking to somebody today. Lay it down. Lay it down. Lay it down. Let go. Take your hand off of it. Boy, we, we, we grip tightly to it. Moses did not want to let go. Moses stayed at that bush for a long time trying to talk God out of doing what God had called him to do. God, I can't do it. I can't speak well. What if they don't believe me? Who do I tell, who do I tell them sent me? I, 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 that's true. I, I stutter. I stutter. I stutter. I stutter. I can't, I, I can't, can't do it. 
Would you send Aaron? God said, I'm not calling Aaron, I'm calling you. I'll send Aaron with you. Could you turn to your neighbor and say, he's not talking to Aaron. He's, he's talking to you. He's talking to you. He's talking to you. He's talking to you this morning. He's talking to me. He's talking to me. He's talking to me. I preach. Take off your shoes. Take off your shoes, Moses. Take off your shoes. You don't know, you don't know what ground you're standing on. It's holy ground. You don't know what's in your hand. You don't know what it is that's in your hand. That personality that, that just is so awesome at work. Maybe God wants you to use that personality out here in the foyer when somebody's coming in who's far from God and the first person they see when they walk in this place is somebody who's, who's fired up and who's excited and who loves the Lord. And you say, well, my goodness, that's just greeting out in the breezeway. What could that have anything to do with it? Oh, like, can, can I just tell you something? Nobody responds to an invitation who's not treated well in the parking lot or in the hallway or by the hospitality team or by the person who's sitting next to them on the, on the, um, on the chair. I want to go to the Lord in prayer right now, so I just invite us all to bow our heads and close our eyes. And I'm going to ask you a question. I'm not going to ask you to write it down. I'm not going to ask you to say it out loud. But you know some of the things. I'm asking you this morning, what's in your hand? And you know what we tend to say when, when someone asks us a question like that? You, well, you tend to say something like, this old thing? I, I can't do what so-and-so can do. He didn't ask you that this morning. He said, what's in your hand? Because what's in your hand is like your fingerprint. Nobody has a walking stick that is exactly like your walking stick. And nobody can do what you can do or be who you can be or make the difference that you can make. I want to make a difference, Lord. So I'm asking, what's in your hand? Be thinking about that. And, and then I, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm not going to ask you like to raise up your hands like you're surrendering to the cops or something. But if you just take your hands out, maybe like on your lap right now, and just, and just open them, just open them symbolically as a way of saying, God, take it. We used to sing a hymn, Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my hands, take my feet, take my heart. Here I am, Lord. Take it, Lord. You know, when God gave us children and we dedicated them to the Lord, what we were doing was we were holding our children and then we brought them to the Lord and we opened our hands and we said, Lord, these children are ours. Now, I wanna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish here by, I want to just keep your eyes closed and I want to read to you something very, very significant at the end of, at the end of uh, chapter 4. 
Moses finally quits arguing with God and he, and he agrees to go through with it. He goes back to his father-in-law, Jethro. He says, please let me return to my relatives in Egypt. Moses said, I don't even know if they're still alive. And Jethro said, go in peace. But before Moses left Midian, the Lord said to him, return to Egypt for all those who wanted to kill you have died. So Moses took his wife and his sons and he put them on a donkey and he headed back to the land of Egypt. And this is the part that just jumps off the page at me. It says, and in his hand, he carried the staff of God. After we let it go and after God gives it back to us, we're no longer owners of it. We're, we're stewards of it. And it belongs not just to us, but it belongs to God. Up until this point, it's always called the staff of Moses. From now on, it's the staff of God. It's the staff of God. I wonder if there's some people here today that would just, in your own way right now, say, God, I give my talents to you. And no longer are they mine, but they are at your disposal. God, if you need me to, to raise them um, uh, to, to do great things with them, I will do it, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Life. And do something with it. With every head bowed, every eye closed in this building, if that's you today and you say, God, you can have my talent, you can have my ability, you can have what only I can do, do with it what only you can do. If that's you this morning in this room, would you just raise your hand right now? Just raise your hand right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Here I am, God. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. And let's, let's kind of seal this time. I want you to stand. I'm going to ask the worship team if they just lead us in this chorus. Great things that I 